0: In the wondrous aftermath of the Easter Vigil back in 2010, my wife and I remained at our parish rejoicing as some of the newest Catholics on the planet. There were many words and gestures of congratulations and welcome, and then my sponsor came up, gave me a big hug, and handed me a gift. I'll tell you what it was coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome, friends, to The Inner Life, and Alleluia, Christ is risen. That's right, we're still going strong celebrating Easter here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio Network, and I hope that you are too. And we've still got a couple more days in the Easter octave, so don't let that rejoicing diminish. I'm Patrick Conley, grateful you're making the show part of your ongoing celebration of the Lord's resurrection, of the new life that he came to bring. So yes, every Easter vigil, of course, conjures up memories of the vigil some 13 years ago now, in which my wife and I were received into the Catholic Church and received the sacraments of confirmation and First Holy Communion. What a night. As I was saying at the top of the show, my sponsor had handed me a gift and I unwrapped it. To find a beautiful image of the Divine Mercy and at that point I didn't know a lot about it I had only prayed the chaplet I think once but this beautiful image even now continues to be a daily reminder as it hangs on my wall of the great mercy of Jesus and of course my familiarity with the Divine Mercy and Divine Mercy devotion has grown since then but I'll admit I still have a lot to learn, and that's why I'm excited about today's show. And I'm looking forward to learning from you, our listeners, as well as from our spiritual director for the hour, who is Father Dave Heaney. Father Dave grew up in Thousand Oaks, California, and was ordained for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles in 1978. He holds a master's degree in marriage, family, and child counseling, and his latest book is Luke 10 Leadership, How to Succeed in Parish Ministry. And he's now the pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church. In Whittier, California. Welcome back, Father Dave. Father, can I? are you there? I'm here. Can you hear no, me Oh, there we go. Okay, okay. sorry. Uh, <laughs> yep, didn't hear you for a minute there. Uh, okay. Welcome back, Father Dave. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Always good to be with you. Yeah, thank you. So, I heard that you were recently in the Holy
0: Land. Is that right?
1: Yes, uh, it was a great honor, a great privilege, and a great joy. Um, about in 2007, I joined the Order of the Holy Sepulchre, This is an international Vatican organization that supports the Church in the Holy Land, and it's organized geographically. So about 20 members of our five or six Western states, uh, under the direction of Margie Romano, who's our leader, uh, went to the Holy Land to um, visit some of the places that we support. It's interesting to know that—I was shocked to find this out myself—that the Order of the Holy Sepulcher actually provides 99% of the budget of the Catholic Church in the Holy Land. Uh, Wow. There would be no church there if it wasn't for these uh, for these wonderful, generous uh, order members. So we were there. We were there over Palm Sunday. We got to meet the mm-hmm. patriarch, the archbishop of the Diocese of the Holy Land is called a patriarch. So we met with him, and we were part of the Palm Sunday procession. And that mass, which was in the Church of the Holy Sepulcher, was a four-hour mass. It was amazing. <laughs> Very good. Wow. Wow. You know, very those, good. those palms were blessed <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's very good i like it A four-hour mass yeah 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 well, that that does actually harken back to uh some of the some of the easter vigil type thoughts i i uh don't know other than the easter vigil if i've ever been to a mass that even comes close to that long but i'll bet it was glorious though huh
1: it was glorious it was very it was just such a happy event uh there was about 180 priests in the procession, and of course, you know, tons of tourists and, uh, and and residents of Jerusalem that were kind of lining the streets as we, you know, remembered that uh, Palm Sunday procession of our Lord into Jerusalem. Everybody had these massive palms. They weren't just the little strands that you get in parishes today. Everyone had almost a little tree, and they're all shaking them and, and, and happy and singing loud. It was really a really a blessed, really remarkable event. Uh, The four the four hours went away went away went by, like nothing. Yeah, well,
0: and that's the way with those um, glorious masses. Sometimes it's uh, it is just exactly that, right? It it just it goes by so quickly when you were just swept up into the spirit of the liturgy. Wonderful. Well, we are talking about another thing to get swept up in here today, which is the Divine Mercy. And Father, maybe just start us off with a history of the image and the devotion to the Divine Mercy, please.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it happened at a very, very important time in history. It happened in the 30s. Uh, Sister Faustina, uh, the originator of this devotion, uh, or maybe the communicator of this devotion, because we like to think that this came from our Lord, uh, was a Polish nun in the 1930s. Uh, you know, at a time between World War I and World War II, a lot of people maybe forget the fact that that was a time of tremendous anxiety, there was already the tremendous evil of World War I, and people could see that World War II was on the horizon. And Faustina had a front row seat of the evils of communism and the rise of Nazism and just this kind of horrible violence being struck on the world. And she had these images of the picture of Jesus with these rays of light coming out of his heart, and his heart is quite visible on the front of him. Mm-hmm. And these rays, of course, are very obvious And it's just Jesus' way of communicating love and mercy at a time when the world had kind of closed its eyes to it and would even do more so with World War II and and communism. But uh, that was the origin that Sister Faustina had these visions. She wrote a a daily diary, uh, all of the kind of messages that she received from our Lord. And from that came this painting that we all are familiar with now, this painting, which as close as possible is replicating the vision that she had, this This vision of Jesus with this large heart and the rays of love and mercy coming out to to envelop you, and it's a beautiful. uh, It's a. a, It was just the right message at the right time. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. And uh, we find these images uh, frequently and in throughout Catholic churches in in various Mm -hmm. places. I know I've seen them sometimes very prominently displayed uh, near the front. Sometimes it's more off to the side or something like that. But it's. It's difficult, I think, to go to many Catholic parishes without finding it somewhere uh, yeah. along the line. So, um, and what about the what about the chaplet? Of course, we pray the chaplet every day here on Relevant Radio with Drew at three, 3 PM, the the hour of mercy. But give us a little background behind the chaplet too, if you would.
1: Well, I think uh, I think our Lord through Sister Faustina felt that people would would. Begin to accept His mercy if they were to say the phrases uh, on a daily basis. You know, Jesus, I trust in You. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of physically. It's based on the rosary. We use the same um, physical device, the rosary, the beads of the rosary, to pray the ro- to pray the chaplet. And um, instead of uh, all the Our Fathers and Hail Marys, we have this uh, beautiful phrase. Uh, uh, you know. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Right, yeah. And then you know, there's kind of a back and forth refrain, so that replaces the Hail Marys of the of the of the Rosary. And um, and then there's the opening and closing prayer that Faustina wrote. Um, so it's just a very simple, you know, without you know getting too much into detail, I would I would just understand it this way. I think our Lord felt that if we said the phrase, you know, I for the sake of his sorrowful. Sorrowful Passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. By saying that phrase over and over again, we begin to believe it, we mm-hmm. begin to accept it, and we begin to revel in it, and and have the experience that Jesus wants for us. So mm-hmm. that's the Chaplet. Um, can be, it can be, you can say it any time. It's done at traditional times, um, and uh, just like the Rosary can be done at, at any time. So it's, the Chaplet is just this way of connecting with the mercy of Jesus. Perhaps looking at the at the Divine Mercy image, but especially saying these words, love and mercy, over and over again, so that it kind of really seeps into our heart, and and grows there. Mm-hmm.
0: Our spiritual director today here on the Inner Life, Father Dave Heaney, and he is leading us through some ex- explorations of the Divine Mercy, of the uh, of the mercy of God, and how specifically the Divine Mercy, as we're heading into Divine Mercy Weekend here. If you have a particular devotion to the divine mercy, if you enjoy praying the chaplet, if that's something that's been part of your spiritual life for a long, long time now, and if it's changed your life in some way, or how has an encounter with the mercy of God changed your life, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 888 914 has the number to call. 888-914-9149. You can also send us an email at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, I think when it comes to uh, specifically God's mercy, which, of course, is the focus of the Divine Mercy devotion, uh, we all need it, but what is mercy? How would you define mercy?
1: Ah, it's a great question. It's, it's kind of a word that we just kind of toss around so much, but uh, right. it's, good to, it's good to really kind of unpack it. So mercy, I like to think about mercy as love in the face of our sin. It's God's heart meets our sinfulness, our suffering, our, our misery. Uh, even the Latin word is misere, misere recorde, you know, mm-hmm. the, the heart and suffering kind of a together. So mercy happens when love meets our sin, misery, or suffering. So if you're an innocent person, you, you ask for justice. But if you're guilty, then you ask for mercy. And mercy always implies a changed life. So mercy is, is available to every person if, if they have that purpose of amendment, mm-hmm. that they have the desire to change their life, to, to turn around in a better and a different direction towards our Lord, then mercy is ours. So mercy implies guilt. Mercy implies that we actually did something wrong. We're not innocent. Uh, we have this on our soul. Um, we're, so, we're sorry for it. We, we are contrite. We want to make a change. And then our Lord makes it so easy to have that completely removed uh, by simply saying what we did in the sacrament of confession, and then receiving and accepting God's uh, just beautiful mercy. It's, it's hard to believe. We don't often, often receive mercy from from one another, and that's why uh, perhaps this divine, motion, divine Mercy devotion is so important, because both with the image <clears throat> and the words, it's just reinforced and affirmed in a very, very powerful way. That God means to send His love and mercy to us. So, mm. mercy is God's love in the face of our sinfulness and our uh, and our suffering. Mm. Wonderful.
0: And don't we all desire that and need that, Father? Let's take a phone call. We've got Alejandra, who's been who's calling in from McAllen, Texas. Alejandra, welcome. Thanks for calling in.
2: Sure. Thank you for taking my call. And uh, happy almost God mercy Sunday.
3: Yeah.
2: Looking forward to it. Um, happy Easter. I have a question about, um, I, I've, I've prayed the Chaplet of Divine Mercy and, and most especially uh, for this coming Sunday. What is the best way or what would y'all recommend to be able to uh, pray specifically in, as far as the intentions go to bring about conversions for, uh, you know, a family member in particular that's uh, fallen away from the faith and so they can experience the, God's mercy much more in their lives.
1: Oh, Alejandra, I would say the very best way to pray for that intention is, to, is just to say it in your own words as honestly as you can. You know, the divine mercy is not meant to be an incantation. You know, it's not meant to be a magical formula. It's a beautiful way of reinforcing God's love and mercy, uh, requesting it and receiving it. But if you have a special intention in mind, especially for a family member that is perhaps most in need of it, the very best way to talk to God is right from your heart. And just in any words that you choose, He will understand what you're getting at. Don't worry about, you know, complete sentences. Just say what's on your mind as mm-hmm. uh, sincerely and as authentically as you can, and then then you will have said the prayer in just the way that our Lord Lord intends and wants to hear from you. So just, mm-hmm. just say it naturally, Alejandra. Mm-hmm.
0: I love the idea of praying from the heart and Alejandro great question and and this is a weekend of we can we can bring those who are in most need of Christ's mercy here before him on this divine mercy Sunday this Divine Mercy Weekend. So thanks for the call, Alejandro. Really appreciate that. And and that is that is something that we can and should bring into our devotion, our, our dedication to the Divine Mercy as we focus in on that this weekend, isn't it, Father? I mean, the, the carrying around the hearts and the souls of those who perhaps are far away from the mercy of God, not that God's mercy isn't present to them, but they're not recognizing it.
1: And, uh, you know, whenever I, think along those lines, I I also say to myself, you know, it's hard to believe because we just don't receive this type of, you know, forgiveness, reconciliation, and and mercy from the people around us. People hold grudges. They remember for a long time. Remember two years ago when you hurt me? I'll never forget that. You know, we have all those kinds of, you know, lasting grudges and so if that's our experience, you know, all the time with the people around us, it's hard to believe that anyone would be forgiving and reconciling like our Lord is. And that's why Sister Faustina, from the obscurity of her Polish convent, really kind of hit upon something that just went viral in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. Because really tapped into something that we really have a deep hunger for, and that's the desire to start again, to start over, to, to have a fresh start. And our Lord always provides that you know, with confession, and especially the experience of love and mercy, that we know that we can change our life for the better, and that, and that His love and mercy is the fuel, is the engine that inspires us uh, to do that. So, uh, you know, it's, right. it's hard to believe, but we just, uh, by saying this over again, or maybe inviting other people just to say it on their own, it'll slowly sink in that, um, that God is on their side uh, is not interested in punishing them is interesting them in having a happier life, which happens when we turn our life towards him. Mm, amen.
0: I love it, Father, that you use that term going viral, which of course uh, <laughs> would have been something very different to sister Faustina um, at the time. Yeah. But, uh, but nonetheless, I, I love the the thought and I'm, I'm not trying to be controversial here, but I, I love the thought of the mercy of God. Um, like acting like a virus within us, you know, eating up all of the, the sinful um, parts of us that turn away from God and and kind of just taking us over and beginning us afresh. So our spiritual director today here is Father Dave Heaney. We're speaking today on The Inner Life about Divine Mercy. If you have a particular devotion to Divine Mercy, perhaps the chaplain has um, been something that has been a staple part of your spiritual journey. Um, and it's, maybe it's, done some great things for you in and through uh, your praying it, your devotion to it. Give us a call, share what's happened, what has God done through it, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. You can also send us an email, life at relevantradio.com. we got lots more to explore here on The Inner Life, but we're going to take a short break right now. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com/forester. Welcome back to the Inner Life radio on relevantradio.com and the relevant radio app as we are heading into Divine Mercy Weekend. That's what we're focusing on here today on the show. Our spiritual director is Father Dave Heaney, whose latest book, Luke 10 Leadership, How to Succeed in Parish Ministry, a book on parish leadership, is available over at Amazon.com. Check it out. So Father, we've been talking about uh, we've been talking about mercy. What's the tie-in? I mean, obviously St. John Paul II, um, when he was Pope John Paul II, he expressed this desire that the second sunday of easter this coming sunday be um now thought of and and termed divine mercy sunday what's the tie-in between divine mercy and easter
1: yeah that's a great question you know pope john paul could have really picked any sunday that he wanted right um and you know there's probably nominations why it might be good here it might be good there i think it really is brilliant to connect it to easter um, because Easter, the passion of Jesus, the pa- his passion, death, and resurrection, is the point of why he came. And the the point of why he came was out of mercy. Uh, you know, Jesus says, uh, you know, I have heard my people's cry. Every time God acts in the Old Testament, it's always in response to some suffering, to some problem. Uh, where, you know, Moses and all the prophets, they always say, you know, I have heard you. My, I have heard my people's cry, and I come to bring you aid. So the, the the ultimate aid is, you know, the person of Jesus, his passion, death, and resurrection. That the love that he experiences on the cross and Easter wiped out sin, and um, the, that the, that the evil of the crucifixion could. What Easter says is that the evil of crucifixion could not stop God's love. You can imagine that. Uh, on Good Friday, the soldiers were walking away from the cross, kind of slapping their hands and saying, well, that's the end of him. Right. So we're not going to hear any more from this Jesus person. And then Easter Sunday says that the love that Jesus expresses on the cross cannot be stopped even by death. And that his entire life was really in response to his merciful love for us and the problems that we have. And so he, he provides the way out. He provides the salvation which is coming to a hurting people, coming to a suffering people, Mm -hmm. coming to a people experiencing the misery of sin. And the Easter gives us the way out, gives us the way forward to a happier life. So I think connecting mercy with Easter makes a lot of sense because mercy is why Jesus came in the first place. I have Mm -hmm. heard my people's cry and I have come to bring you life and love. Mm Hey, man,
0: what a great, what a great, I mean, it's great news, and it's also worthy of celebration. Great way to round out the Easter octave, to be sure. Yeah. Uh, yep. We've got another phone call coming in. Deacon Locke is calling, calling in from Richmond, California. Deacon, welcome to the program. Thanks for calling.
3: Yeah, th- thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, to speak. This is actually my first call ever uh, uh,
0: welcome. on the radio,
3: uh, any kind of radio. But anyway, about four years ago, my wife and I decided to, go on a vacation, uh, and for somehow we decided to go to to Europe, Eastern Europe, and went to Poland, and I took her to Cargave, uh where we went to uh, St. Christina. Uh, coming back, that was from October, and, you know, the following year was uh, Divine Mercy Sunday, and then uh, I looked at her, she was still cleaning up the balcony, our balcony, and then she said, we're going to go, we're going to do a live uh, Divine Mercy uh, prayer. No, that's something I wasn't really used to, and so... We decided to, you know, the pandemic beginning to strike and uh, everything began to close. And then we did it for a, a full year, almost two years. Every every Sunday we did the Divine Mercy. And then a lot of people, a lot of our friends who were shut down into Australia, the Polynesian Islands, the Tonga and all over, connection, uh, you know, uh, uh, through the Facebook, they were tuning in and they began to say, uh, Jesus, I trust in you. And uh, they began to uh, learn about the Divine Mercy um, you know, for the first time, and that was our, our prayer during the pandemic and everything was closure. And then since that, Faustina um, uh, and the saints has allowed us to go on many pilgrimages last year we did to Our Lady, and we have received a lot of miracles throughout that. We did one uh, on the path of St. Paul, and we're about to go to uh, Egypt on the M- climb Mount Sinai. And we believe this is our miracle from the original I mean, I don't know if we decided to go to Poland. Not thinking of the Divine Mercy or anything, but then uh, when she, when my wife started doing uh, cleaning the balcony, she said something. She felt a calling that uh, she says, paulina saying no, 'No, we're going to start doing the Divine Mercy.'" And that's I, I began, even as a deacon to learn how to pray the Divine Mercy, hmm. and uh, I, I thought I wanted to share that.
1: Well, thank you, Deacon. Uh, wow, that pilgrimage to Poland has led to. Uh a lot more pilgrimages. Uh, You're talking (laughs) about going to Egypt and, um, you know, other places in Europe, maybe Marian shrines. That's a beautiful thing. And of course, uh, you know, I'm a member of the Order of the Holy Sepulcher, and our main goal is everyone takes a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, to Jerusalem. But there's a beautiful thing about a pilgrimage, because although a pilgrimage usually has a destination in mind, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the Divine Mercy uh, areas in, that you went to in Poland or Mount Sinai in Egypt. And there's always a sense that if I can just get to that destination, then great is insight and wisdom will come. And yet what happens is the, the process of going there, the process of being on pilgrimage actually changes you. So that when you arrive at the destination, you discover that the changes have already taken place. Mm. Uh, because it's not just so much a focus on the destination, but... You know, kind of all the things that are happening with you on the way. So that's why a pilgrimage is different from simply taking a vacation or traveling. It's something that uh, hap- it, on your way to the destination, you find yourself spiritually changing in, in very, very positive ways. So, you know, you had that wonderful first trip to Poland. I'm glad it's led to more. I'm a big fan of pilgrimages, and I just think that they uh, they just can provide uh, provide a lot of good. So sh- thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. your pilgrimages and your continuing pilgrimage with our lord uh, as a deacon in your parish all right and your yeah continued
0: praying of the divine mercy chaplet as well i think that's fantastic and uh, making that available to others as well thanks for the call deacon appreciate that let's go to mary who's calling in from mesa arizona mary welcome to the inner life thanks for calling
4: thank you for taking my call um i wanted to share um how the Divine Mercy has impacted uh, my family and my life. And um, I'm a revert. My husband's a convert. And we started off our uh, marriage uh, kind of rocky, a little uh, premarital uh, activity going on. We had a baby and um, we've had kind of a, we've been married almost 17 years. And, um, you know, when you do things a little backwards, it's, it's rocky, but the Divine Mercy has really, um, kept our family together. My husband um, discovered a love for Faustina's Diary and for the Divine Mercy prayers. And his birthday is today, so I wanted to give a shout-out happy birthday to my husband, Denny. Um, and his birthday is always around the time of the Divine Mercy, and um, it's just really special to him. Uh, we all do the Divine Mercy prayers together and the Novena um, before Divine Mercy Sunday. And uh, we've never got to go on a pilgrimage like your, like the deacon on your last call. Uh, we would love to one day, my husband especially, but uh, my brother-in-law did go to um, Poland with my uh, nephew on World Youth Day, and we got to video FaceTime at uh, Faustina Shrine. <laughs> so that was um, exciting. It's probably as close as we'll get for a little while. Um, but, yeah, the divine... Uh, just, the mercy, my husband has just relied so much on mercy um, in his life. And um, I'm, I'm sort of the opposite, kind of like pull yourself by your bootstraps. And um, he teaches me, uh, leads me in um, showing, you know, that we can show mercy and obtain mercy and that Jesus has so much mercy that he wants to give and people don't ask for it. And so um, he's always asking for our share and everyone else's share. Um, But happy birthday to him, and we just love
1: the Divine Mercy. Thank you, Mary. And we certainly join in wishing happy birthday to Denny, Uh, just very happy for him on this day of all days, this beautiful day between Easter and the Divine Mercy. So I'm glad that uh, your, your marriage has kind of gotten back on track. You said you had kind of a rocky start. And I will bet a lot of that has to do with something that I just think is so incredibly powerful. And that is praying together spouses praying together at the same time i just think it's very very powerful when they both at the same moment acknowledge god above and god is above them and you know and kind of looking in the same direction towards uh, our father in heaven i think it has tremendous power uh to be on the same page in that way it's very beautiful and i think uh, a lot of good things come from it it certainly can strengthen relationships i think as it has for yours So I strongly encourage it. I'm just glad to see here that you you guys pray the divine mercy together. And I just think that's a beautiful thing. The more that happens, the better. And I will bet, you know, it's probably one of the main reasons why uh, after a kind of a little bit of a tough start that your marriage is actually probably now stronger than ever. And looking forward to a pilgrimage somewhere in the world. I hope that you will be able to do that.
0: Yeah, Mary, thank you. Thank you for the the blessing of being able to call in, of being... uh, giving such great testimony, and I too, I joined Father in wishing Denny a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Denny, and we are, we are grateful for, um, for you and your devotion to the Divine Mercy as well. Continue on in that. Uh, on a related note, we've got Jan, who's been waiting patiently, calling in from Wisconsin. Jan, welcome to the Inner Life. Good morning. Good morning. I'd
5: like to share my uh, experience with Divine Mercy. I started hearing about this back in the early 90s. And I know John Paul, too, didn't make it official until uh, year 2000. But I've been gifted to do it every year, and I look forward deeply to it every year. We have um, had our, heads, our headstone um, dedicated to the divine mercy and the picture on it, which means mm-hmm. it means very. it's very deep to me. Um, and this year, I'm going to ask for prayers, too. Um, My husband has, you know, he's watched me do it. I, when there was people that were passing, because I had um, connections with the church, and I knew that when someone was passing, we'd start the Divine Mercy for many of them. And this year, uh, my husband's health is failing, and um, we didn't get such good news on Monday, and I on Sunday or on what was it, Friday, we started the Divine Mercy. This is the first time in all these years, and he's watched me do it even when his mother was dying. And this is the first time he's joined me. And so I'm asking that he completes and finds the peace that the Divine Mercy has to offer and the many blessings it has to go with it. I just feel that there's such a power in this. And there's yeah. been times that, you know, people have asked, um, uh, called me and said, you know, my brother is dying. And we were in a position where we started the divine mercy right away for him. Mm-hmm. So I really believe it's God's mercy and God's blessing for what go- we're going through now.
1: Well, Jan, we're going to join you in that prayer for your husband, Um not only for his spiritual health, but maybe even for his physical health as well. I was struck by what you said at the beginning about having the image of divine mercy on the headstone that you're planning. I think uh, that makes a lot of sense to me because certainly, you know, a time that we most need God's love and mercy is that moment of death, that moment when our life is coming to an end. We kind of look back on our life and see the good times and bad times and basically place ourselves in the mercy of God, and and, uh, and that's where that phrase that's on the image itself, Jesus, I trust in you. Um, it's just a beautiful thing to, to say, you know, towards every day, but certainly at the end, towards the end of one's life. Jesus, I trust in you, kind of puts everything in context, the right context and the right perspective, and uh, I just love the idea of having it on a headstone. That's a very beautiful thing, and please be assured of our prayers for, for both of you and for your spiritual and physical health going forward. Amen to that.
0: I appreciate that, um, Father. And of course, Jan, we will join in praying for you and your husband in that. Um, You were mentioning, Father, about Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. That actually has been assigned to me a few times as a penance when I go to confession. And I'll tell you, that is a great penance. Um, just to pray that phrase over and, right. and over and over again. So, my experience with that is is positive as well. If you have a positive experience with the divine mercy, with uh, some element of it, or if you have encountered God's mercy in a particular way, and you would like to share the story, we would love to hear it. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. As we're talking about the mercy of God, and specifically the divine mercy. Um, You can also send us an email at Relevant Radio, or excuse me, InnerLife at RelevantRadio.com. One more phone call, I think, here, Father, before we take a break. We've got Chris, who's calling in from Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Chris, welcome to the Inner Life.
2: Hi, thank you for uh, taking my call. Um, My daughter suffers from a pain condition, and um, she wanted a baby really bad. So she had a miscarriage, and we prayed the divine mercy, and she became pregnant again. But she suffers a lot of anxiety and got some bad news periodically. And I would even pull over in the car when Drew was on with the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Mm-hmm. And every time she went to the doctor, she got a good report. Um, she now has a healthy, wonderful wow. three-month-old baby. And I don't think um, I could thank um, everyone praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet and Drew and and that I trust in you whenever she has anxiety. I say, hold your baby and say, Jesus, I trust in you. And that gives her comfort.
1: Oh, that is beautiful, Chris. And, you know, holding the baby really is the sign, is the perfect expression of God's love and mercy for her. So, you know, literally holding that life in her hands, holding that child and saying that phrase is is a devotion in itself. It's a beautiful way of expressing just the, you know, the physical way that God has blessed your daughter with a, with this beautiful three-month-old baby. Um, and I think you were very wise uh, and just did the right thing by inviting her to say, to hold her child and to simply say that simple phrase, Jesus, I trust in you. You know, Jesus, he doesn't want to make it complicated. He doesn't want to make it highly detailed. He just gets right to the point, very simple, direct phrase, Jesus, I trust in you. Nothing else you have to say that's a it says it all right there um, and in a beautiful way that she is saying that phrase while at the same time she's holding this new life that God has granted to her in her family. So beautiful sharing, Chris. Thanks for thanks for calling in.
0: Yeah. When the love and mercy of God actually takes on a face and a name. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> that is amazing. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's amazing. Our spiritual director again today, Father Dave Heaney, well known here on Relevant Radio and especially here on the Inner Life. So we're grateful for his time as we're speaking about the mercy of God and particularly the divine mercy as we head into Divine Mercy weekend as well. If you have a story about how the divine mercy has changed you or a loved one, someone that you've been praying for. Give us a call, join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Maybe you have a question about how the mercy of God is working itself out in your own life. Great time to ask it, 888 We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back with more of the inner life right after this. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentevich, our producer, and Thomas Engesser, taking some of your phone calls, and our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, from Thousand Oaks, California, initially ordained for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles in 1978 has a degree in marriage, family, and child counseling, and is an author of Luke 10 leadership and the pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California. Father, I don't know when you have time to breathe, (laughs) but I'm glad you do, and I'm glad you have time to be on the show today as we're speaking about divine mercy and particularly the mercy of God. Well, Father, I'm thinking kind of practically for Divine Mercy Sunday, there are probably a good number of Catholics out there who may be familiar with the Divine Mercy image, the Divine Mercy chaplet, but they don't know some of the special graces and even indulgences that are uh, attached to Divine Mercy Sunday. Can you give just a, a brief look at some of that?
1: Uh, well, the special graces are things that uh, that Faustina said would happen to people who pray the Divine Mercy. They're they're not official um, because the Divine Mercy is still a private devotion. But the indulgences are what uh, the Church says will happen. those are those are kind of official. And indulgences are—they're uh, often misunderstood, uh, but they're because they reference what we call the temporal consequences of sin. And that sounds like a jargon phrase from the Catechism, but it's actually something we we're pretty well aware of. If you commit a sin, it has kind of practical consequences or temporal consequences. That even if you're forgiven of that sin completely, the practical consequences of your behavior may be still continuing. And if you—if you tell a lie. You can turn around and be sorry for that and receive forgiveness for it, but people may not believe you too much anymore. Your reputation has kind of been tarnished. Mm. Or if or if you spread gossip, you can suddenly regret that, ask for sorrow, ask for forgiveness, and be completely forgiven for that act of gossip. However, the story that you told is still kind of making its way around the neighborhood. right? So it still has a consequence. And so what the indulgences are is kind of acknowledging that, that there are temporal consequences, and a little act of sacrifice, a little act of penance, some, or a little act of prayer and spirituality that um, kind of address that. So, that's what the indulgences are, and uh, they usually involve, you know, going to confession, receiving communion, you know, kind of within an octave of a, of a feast day, uh, maybe a, a certain um, uh, act of penance. Uh, and so, we, you know, we understand completely that we are forgiven right away by our Lord in the sacrament of confession, Um, and then these are things that we do that just kind of acknowledge the temporal consequences of sin in which the church has given us a way forward to to address those and um uh, acknowledge them and to address them Hmm. hope that makes sense
0: yeah yeah very good and it's a it's a good thing that says uh that is offered to us through the church and, and through, of course, through the Lord, through the church. And that's a, that's a great thing to take advantage of in this divine mercy weekend. Let's, let's look at specifically an experience of the mercy of God. I think sometimes we don't, we might not be aware of it. We might be um, unsure what to do with it. Uh, So what's, what's a good way of responding father, perhaps to an experience of God's mercy in our lives.
1: I think if, if the, Image and the phrase "Jesus, I trust in you" and the image of divine mercy finally reaches in. Uh, then I think I think it's two things. One, one, is a profound gratitude, and I think the other is in the energy and motivation to make a change. Hmm. You know, something got me into this situation in the first place. Something, something, something got me into this place of suffering and sin and misery in the first place. Something, some choices that I made. So recognizing God's mercy. I, I am grateful. I am thankful for it, and now I have the energy, the fuel, uh, the fight, the fire to to make those changes, um, and you know, don't make those decisions anymore. Change my behavior. Go in a different direction. That's the that's the right response to uh, to mercy. Is a changed life. You know, when Jesus uh, and the woman caught in adultery, he, he, he says, "Go and sin no more." So you know, go go your go this. You know, you're free. You're not going to be stoned. You're not going to be punished. But sin no more. Don't do this you know, act anymore. Right. So I think that's the main response is gratitude and then the motivation to change.
0: And we also become vehicles of God's mercy for others as well, of course, right? I mean, Jesus himself tells us in the Beatitudes, yeah. the blessed are the merciful for they shall, shall be shown mercy, right? So it's, a, it's something that's incumbent upon us to continue to convey to others as well, right?
1: Absolutely, and hopefully people will see the kind of joy and happiness that we have in, in the new life that we have chosen. And all of a sudden, we're not doing these behaviors anymore, that were getting us in trouble, and that can be a very big impact, positive impact, on the people around us. Mm-hmm.
0: Our spiritual director today is Father Dave Heaney from California, as we're talking about divine mercy and the mercy of God active in our life. If you have a particular devotion to the divine mercy, if the way you've seen that the mercy of God active in your life, or maybe how you've shared God's mercy with someone else and seen them respond to it. Give us a call. Tell us about it. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Again, eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. Or our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Um. Well, specifically, another way um, you mentioned at the top of the program, Father, uh, that we use the term mercy in maybe perhaps different ways or certainly in different settings within our Catholic faith. Um, We also have these things called the works of mercy, the corporal works of mercy, the spiritual works of mercy. Do you want to kind of maybe take us into that a bit? I mean, how is that uh, living out the mercy of God towards others?
1: Yeah, uh, we have these this kind of list of behaviors, some are called corporal works of mercy, because those help physical conditions, you know, like feeding the hungry or giving drink to the thirsty, visiting the imprisoned. Those are, those involve, you know, being merciful to the physical situation that we're in hunger, thirst, uh, sickness, burying the dead. And then the spiritual works of mercy deal with our mental and emotional or spiritual conditions. So teaching, advising people, you know, with wisdom, you know, maybe correcting people going on a different path, admonishing sinners, um, you know, forgiveness, of course, um, and, and prayer. So, the corporal works of mercy are physical behaviors that, that deal with, generally, conditions of our body. Um, and then the spiritual works of mercy, of course, are you know, deal with health of the soul. So, it's, just, it's a nice practical list. Uh, it's nice to kind of have them nearby so that you can kind of consult with them. When you get up in the morning, you can just kind of go through those and just wonder, are there ways that I can do this today? Is there someone that I work with who uh, is going through a difficult time? Can I help them? Um, Mm -hmm. Is there someone at work who's, you know, doing something wrong? So that's the admonishing sinners. So they're just very, you know, the church is very practical and just kind of uh, offers, you know, specific behaviors that we can do to kind of deal with really the the whole gamut of our life, both the physical and the spiritual, Mm -hmm. and they all involve being merciful to someone, someone who is not doing well, maybe by their own fault, and we come to their aid. In the same way that we celebrated in Easter, that God comes to our aid through the person of Jesus, his passion, death, and resurrection, he has heard my people cry, and he has come to save us.
0: Yeah. It ties right back in with that definition that you gave early in the show, Father, of mercy being where God's heart meets our misery, where yeah. God's love meets our sin, our misery, our suffering. Yeah. And uh, again, it's it's astonishing to me. Um, I mean, I'm very grateful for it, but it's astonishing to me that we, you and I, mortals, can be uh, vehicles for that, for that God himself is making his appeal through
1: us Um yeah, yeah. It just kind yeah, of blows I mean, me away. God created us without us, but He doesn't save us without us. He needs that. He needs our participation, and you know we are you know as that very old idea that you know we are the eyes of the hands and the and the legs of our Lord, you know in in the world today in the kingdom of God. So mm-hmm. we we cooperate with God's salvation salvific mission to the world. What an honor, uh, and especially if we take it seriously and joyfully. Mm-hmm
0: if the mercy of god has touched you in some way or if is perhaps it's worked through you to reach someone else i'd love to hear your testimony we still got some time left here so give us a call triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. again 8889149149 father i've uh, in the in the epistle of st james um there's this great line that uh, I, I frequently go back to in my own meditations but it says this for the judgment is merciless to one who has not shown mercy so there's a warning there isn't there Absolutely. but then he goes on to say mercy triumphs over judgment you want to give us a little insight to, to both of those kind of s- sections there there's the warning but then there's the
1: mercy triumphs over judgment What what does that mean well i think you know just to kind of go back to what we talked about earlier if you're innocent you ask for justice because you you shouldn't be having this problem. Uh, If you're innocent, you ask for justice. If you are guilty, you ask for mercy. So, uh, the mercy trumps judgment in the sense that, yes, you are guilty of this problem, you are guilty of this sin, the woman caught in adultery, but the mercy trumps it because the mercy implies a changed life, that this person is no longer going to do that behavior, but they're going to change in a new direction and go towards our Lord. And that's the point, that's the whole. That's mission accomplished, that's, the, that's exactly what our Lord wants to have happen, mm-hmm. is changed lives. And he wouldn't have come to Bethlehem if it wasn't possible for people to change their life. The fact that Jesus even came is proof positive that no matter what your situation, it can be better, it can improve, your life can change, uh, and it begins with an experience of God's mercy mm-hmm. that we're going to celebrate in a very powerful way around the world this this coming Sunday. We
0: certainly are. What about, Father, people who maybe don't feel worthy of God's mercy? And in fact, maybe they're even kind of rejecting it because they don't feel worthy.
1: Yeah, I, I can understand that. I think you just want to say the phrase, Jesus, I trust in you, and just let Jesus speak his word and, and not doubt him. Um, you know, just take him at his word. Jesus said this. Why doubt it? Hmm. Why put yourself kind of in, why be why, why obstruct yourself? Why put a roadblock up yourself for something that Jesus is offering you? So I just tell people and I experience this all the time, especially with scrupulous people, just take Jesus at his word. He means what he says. Mm-hmm. so don't use that don't use up any energy in doubting or obstructing it. Open your heart, accept what he says. He means what he says. There's a reason why that heart is so big and, and and kind of literally outside his body, so that it's the first thing that you see. There's a reason why those rays are coming right at you. Um, don't doubt it. Just accept it and and then be grateful and make those changes and and live the life to the fullest and joy that is complete. That is God's will for you. Amen. Uh, I think we've got one more phone call
0: we can take before the end of the program here. We've got Barbara, who's calling in from San Diego. Barbara, we've just got a couple minutes, but thank you for calling in.
2: Okay. Hello, Father. Hello. Um, I wanted to tell you that um, during COVID, my son, who is 60 years old, um, he was um, in hospice. He -hmm. could hear everything but couldn't respond. We couldn't get a priest there for Okay. anything, and uh, so I took my pictures of the Stations of the Cross, and I prayed the Divine Mercy Chaplet with his wife and daughter over him, and I hope, I prayed and prayed it for a whole hour, and he died within two hours, and I'm hoping that that was a good thing.
1: It was the perfect thing to do, you know, how often would he hear the phrase, you know, Jesus, I trust in you for the sake of his sorrowful passion. To hear to hear that in his final moments of, of life is just uh, magnificent. Uh, so you, you absolutely did the, the most wonderful, beautiful thing uh, for your son, and I think it was a great example and a great witness to, your, to his family as well. So, boy, I'm so glad we, we got your phone call, I'm glad, so glad you called in because it was such a beautiful thing that you did at the very end of someone's life. Mm-hmm. really paralleling what our, our Lord said on the cross. You know, I place myself into your hands. I commend my spirit. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think that's a it, Barbara's phone call is very powerful because it reminds us that it's a right at that time. I mean, we need the mercy of God all the time, but right at that time, I mean, we ask yeah. our lady to pray for us now and at the hour of our death, right? We, that's yep. when the mercy is all is we see its fruit in our lives to the utmost degree. Um, Barbara, thank you, thank you. Wonderful practice. So grateful that you were able to do that, and thanks for calling in and sharing that here on the Inner Life as well. Father, only uh, less than a minute here before we ask for your for your blessing. But um, again, I'm hearing you say uh, that phrase, "Jesus, I trust in you." That's a good uh, a good prayer to continue to go back to time and time again. Yeah, is that uh, one of the things that you would probably most strongly recommend for this Divine Mercy Sunday?
1: Absolutely, and you know it's a great way to start the day. It's a great way to end the day. It's a great thing to say to yourself as you're starting anything, especially something that's challenging. Jesus, I trust in you. It puts everything in context. It puts everything in the right perspective. Um, and um, you know, I, I just think the church is so much more blessed by by having this annual uh, devotion that just uh, produces so many beautiful graces. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Amen. All
0: right, Father, thank you so much for being our spiritual director today. Before you leave us, may we have your blessing, please.
1: Absolutely. Heavenly Father, may our devotion to the divine mercy open our hearts to your love and help us each and every day and every moment to trust in you. Amen. Amen.
0: Father Dave Heaney has been our spiritual director here on the Inner Life today as we've explored the divine mercy again. If you missed any part of the program, feel free to jump over on the, especially on the app, is a great way to do it. Just to listen on demand, and you can go back and listen to the program and get highlights there as well. Also, just a quick plug for uh, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Many of our relevant radio listeners know this, but uh, it's prayed together with Drew at 3 p.m. Central. So make sure and tune in for that. Powerful ways that the Lord has responded to the prayers of that chaplet at that time. Coming up next, we have the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Father Ben Johnson is going to be our celebrant for that. And on Monday here on The Inner Life, we're going to talk about living out our baptismal promises. How is the Lord encouraging you in living out your promises? Until then, grace and peace.